0: The Railway Children, by E. Nesbitt, read by Jenny Agata. They were not railway children to begin with. I don't suppose they'd ever thought about railways except as a means of getting to the pantomime, zoological gardens, and Madame Tussauds. They were just ordinary suburban children and they lived with their father and mother in an ordinary red-brick-fronted villa, with coloured glass in the front door, a bathroom with hot and cold water, electric bells, French windows, and a good deal of white paint, and every modern convenience, as the house agents say. There were three of them. Roberta was the eldest. Of course, mothers never have favourites, but if their mother had had a favourite, it might have been Roberta. Next came Peter, who wished to be an engineer when he grew up, and the youngest was Phyllis, who meant extremely well. These three lucky children always had everything they needed, pretty clothes, good fires, and a lovely nursery with heaps of toys. They also had a father who was just perfect, never cross, never unjust, and always ready for a game. At least, if at any time he was not ready, he always had an excellent reason for it, and explained the reason to the children so interestingly and funnily that they felt sure he couldn't help himself. You will think that they ought to have been very happy, and so they were, but they did not know how happy till the pretty life in Edgecombe Villa was over and done with, and they had to live a very different life indeed. The dreadful change came quite suddenly. Peter had a birthday, his tenth. Among his other presents was a model engine, more perfect than you ever could have dreamed of. Its charm lasted in its full perfection for exactly three days. Then the engine suddenly went off with a bang. The dog was so frightened that he went out and did not come back all day. All the Noah's Ark people who were in the tender were broken to bits. But nothing else was hurt except the poor little engine and the feelings of Peter. The other said he cried over it. "'But, of course, boys of ten do not cry, "'however terrible the tragedies may be which darken their lot. "'He said that his eyes were red because he had a cold. "'Father had been away in the country for three or four days. "'All Peter's hopes for the curing of his afflicted engine "'were now fixed on his father, "'for father was most wonderfully clever with his fingers. "'He could mend all sorts of things. "'Peter, with heroic unselfishness, "'did not say anything about his engine "'till after father had had his dinner,' "'and his after-dinner cigar. "'The unselfishness was Mother's idea, "'but it was Peter who carried it out. "'Hm,' said Father, "'when he had looked at the engine very carefully. "'The children held their breaths. "'Is there no hope?' said Peter, "'in a low, unsteady voice. "'Hope? Rather. "'Tons of it,' said Father cheerfully. "'But it'll want something besides hope. "'A bit of brazing, say, "'or some solder and a new valve.' I think we'd better keep it for a rainy day. In other words, I'll give up Saturday afternoon to it, and you shall all help me. Can girls help to mend engines? Peter asked doubtfully. Of course they can. Girls are just as clever as boys, and don't you forget it. Just then there was a knock at the front door. Ruth, she was the parlour maid and had red hair, came in and said that two gentlemen wanted to see the master. "'I've shown them into the library, sir,' said she. I expect it's the subscription to the vicar's testimonial," said mother, or else it's the choir holiday fund. Get rid of them quickly, dear. It's nearly the children's bedtime. But father did not seem to be able to get rid of the gentleman at all quickly. Mother tried to make the time pass by telling them a new fairy story about a princess with green eyes, but it was difficult because they could hear the voices of father and the gentleman in the library and father's voice sounded louder and different from the voice he generally used to people who came about testimonials and holiday funds. Then the library bell rang, and everyone heaved a breath of relief. They're going now, said Phyllis. He's wrong to have them shown out. But instead of showing anybody out, Ruth showed herself in, and she looked queer, the children thought. Please mm," she said. The master wants you to just step into the study. He looks like the dead.